The following is a message by Dr. Dennis Johnson from Westminster Seminary, California. For more information about this message or Westminster Seminary, visit us online at wscal.edu or call us at 888-480-8474. That's online at wscal.edu or call us at 888-480-8474. Here the Lord, the last four verses of the Gospel according to Luke, and then we will turn again to Acts chapter 1. The Gospel according to Luke chapter 24, verses 50 through 53. Then he, Jesus, led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. And while he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple, blessing God. And then Acts 1, verses 1 through 11, with our focus on verses 9 through 11 today. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which, he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. This is God's word. Let us ask him to write it in our hearts. Father, persuade us deep down, profoundly, where we think, where we move, where we sometimes feel fear or doubt or questions, persuade us that our Savior, our risen Lord, is indeed ascended to heaven at your right hand as our great priest and our great king. Convince us in the midst of the trials of this life that he has everything firmly in hand and works all things for our good. So guide our meditation in these few moments and deepen our confidence in the Christ whom we do not now see, but whom we do see by the eyes of faith, through the eyewitnesses and the word that you've given to us, and whom we look forward to seeing in person at his glorious return. We pray in his name. Amen. Well, we are going to resume our leisurely walk through the first chapter of Acts, which we began last semester. 
And as you just heard and as we reflected at the end of the first semester in Acts 1.8, Jesus invoked a cluster of echoes from the prophecy of Isaiah, Israel's covenant Lord, uh, to identify who he was and the mission of his church. Just as the Lord in Isaiah, Isaiah 44, had summoned Israel to be his witnesses, testifying that he alone is the living God, the only Savior. So now Jesus commissions the apostles who had seen him alive after his resurrection for 40 days. You are my witnesses. Just as through Isaiah the Lord had promised to pour out his spirit to make Israel his servant and their witness fruitful, so Jesus promises that in just a few days he will send the spirit from the Father. And just as through Isaiah the Lord had commissioned his servant as a light to the Gentile nations, that their witness would spread to the end of the earth, Isaiah 49, 6 and 7. So Jesus now says, your witness will extend not just in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, but to the end of the earth, a global mission. And in that context, as he's giving them that commission, we read about the ascension of Jesus in chapter 1 here, verse 9. The end of the 40-day period that Luke summarized at the beginning of Acts, in which he came to them often in the tangible reality of his resurrection body, inviting them to touch his wounds, to watch him eat, to have their doubts and misgivings finally laid to rest by the indisputable demonstration that he was indeed alive from the dead. As he said at the end of Luke's gospel, a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. So now we come to that end of that period. We come to the departure for which Jesus actually had prepared them on the night before his death, some six weeks earlier or so, when in the upper room he spoke to them of the fact that uh, he would be going away. He would be returning to the Father. That he was speaking things as he said, while I am still with you, that he would leave them his peace, lest their hearts be troubled. But they were troubled. You remember that evening. Read those chapters, John 14, 15, 16. They were confused. They were dismayed. Jesus acknowledges as much in John 16, 6, because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your hearts. Understandably so. His presence with them, walking with them, had transformed their lives. And now he talks about going away. Now he says, I won't leave you orphans. He even says, I will come back to you. But something's going to be different because he also talks about a replacement, sending another helper, another defender who will take his place in the church militant on earth as uh, as the defender and the advocate for the church. But Jesus says, it's better for you that I leave. I don't know that they could have believed that then, but that's what he said, John 16, 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, this new helper, the spirit of truth, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And so now that day of departure had arrived, and I suppose it filled them with both awe and anticipation, but also with apprehension, because... As we heard, he just laid before them a massive mission, a global mission. This this tiny band, one shy of a dozen. And Jesus says, 
You're to bear witness to me to the ends of the earth. Uh, as we know from Matthew's record of, of these conversations, not just to bear witness, but to enlist, recruit of all the nations, disciples to Messiah Jesus. There's words of encouragement. There are words of encouragement for us here in the very features that Luke preserves, both at the end of the gospel and here in Acts, uh, circumstances that we might easily run by but are very, very significant that encourage us and speak words of encouragement to us today even as it did to that tiny band of witnesses two millennia ago. And they help us to see that it is good for us that Jesus is where he is today. Two features I want to call your attention to, and actually I realize that I'm going to have to save some parts of verses 9 through 11 for three weeks from now when we come back. So I just want to talk about two circumstances, two aspects of what the disciples saw as Jesus ascended to heaven. One from Acts here, the fact that a cloud received him. And then from those last verses of Luke, where we read that as he ascended, his hands were uplifted in blessing on his disciples. Because those make two important points about what Jesus is doing for us right now. The cloud says that our king, our king, the son of man, has universal authority over the nations. Universal authority over the nations. And the uplifted hands of blessing tell us that our priest has direct access to the Father. Think with me just about those two things for a few moments. Our King, the Son of Man, has universal authority. Universal authority. That cloud, what was that cloud about? We, we hear a cloud in the text of the New Testament. We perhaps think, I think rightly so, of the cloud of God's glory. That, extent, that, that, that overshadowed and came down on Mount Sinai as God met with Moses and delivered the law to Israel. We think of the cloud that enveloped Jesus and his three closest disciples on the Mount of Transfiguration. Uh, but especially here we should think of the famous vision granted to the sage government official prophet Daniel. Uh, in exile, Daniel chapter 7, first was granted that vision of God the ancient of days in the midst of the splendor of his heavenly court. And then Daniel records, I saw in the night visions and behold with the clouds of heaven there came one like a son of man and he came to the ancient of days and was presented before him and to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that shall never pass away and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. You see the connection. Daniel saw one like a son of man who was given authority over all nations. Jesus has just said to his friends, his disciples, you are to bear my witness to the ends of the earth to bring salvation to all nations. And then a cloud receives him. A cloud receives him. Jesus had mentioned that prophecy only weeks earlier in his trial before the Sanhedrin when the high priest asked him, are you the Christ, the son of the blessed one? Jesus said, I am. And you will see the son of man seated at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. 
I suspect, suspect that you, like me, think of, when we read those words, we think of perhaps Jesus' second coming at the end of history. And, that, and it's, there's an appropriate application to that, as we'll see in a few weeks. Maybe if you're a preterist, you think of Jesus' coming in providential judgment on Jerusalem in 70 A.D. I'm persuaded that R.T. France, in his early book, Jesus and the Old Testament, and others with him, are, are right when they say that the first reference of Daniel 7 is not about Jesus coming from heaven to earth in clouds, but about Jesus coming from earth to heaven in clouds. That certainly is the scene you see in Daniel 7, isn't it? He comes to, into the court of the Ancient of Days on the clouds. It's a, it's a scene of his ascension. It's a scene of his enthronement. It's a scene of the inauguration of his kingdom. He's come into that place of power. Of course, Psalm 110 speaks of David's Lord taking his seat at the right hand of the Lord, Israel's covenant God, entrusted with rule over the nations. And of course, that's the point that Jesus makes when we read in Matthew's Gospel, Jesus' announcement from Daniel 7, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. The disciples on earth as they see him enter the cloud, or in a sense looking at the outside of the door of heaven, uh, the boundary somehow between our four-dimensional universe uh, and that sphere, however we describe it, beyond our experience, uh, in which God himself is reigning. And they see the outside of the door. Daniel sees the inside of the door as he comes on the clouds to the Ancient of Days. And, of course, that's the very point that Peter makes in Acts chapter 2 when he announces on the day of Pentecost that Jesus has not only been raised by God, but he's been exalted to the right hand of God and has received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit. And he has poured out what you are seeing and hearing. The signs of Jesus entering into his kingdom power as the once suffering but now glorified Messiah, the signs of Pentecost are the signs of his coronation. So the cloud means that your king, Jesus the Son of Man, has universal authority over every nation on the earth. And he exerts it by his word of grace and by the power of his Holy Spirit. It really is good for us that Jesus is not with us in his physical presence now, but he is with us by the Holy Spirit because by the Spirit, our risen King, enthroned in heaven, is also simultaneously emboldening persecuted believers in Nigeria and Sudan and Iraq and India and elsewhere and encouraging nervous students in Escondido and perhaps discouraged church planters in Arizona or Oregon or Massachusetts. The cloud shows that the Son of Man, the incarnate God-man, is ruling the world and gathering his people from all peoples by his word of grace and his spirit of holiness. Oh, let me ne'er forget that though the wrong seems off so strong, God is the ruler yet. The battle is not done. Jesus who died shall be satisfied and earth and heaven be one. Your king rules. Take heart. And your priest has direct access to the Father. 
Luke 24, he lifted his hands and pronounced blessing on him and on them. And in the context of that blessing, he was taken up and removed from their sight. The lifting of hands to pronounce blessing is the act of a high priest. In Leviticus 8, we read about the consecration of Aaron and his sons. Aaron to be the first high priest, his sons to serve along with him. And then in Leviticus 9, we hear the first actions of Aaron as the high priest, offering a a whole burnt offering and a sin offering and peace offerings. And then Leviticus 9.22, Aaron lifted his hands toward the people and blessed them. And he came down from offering the sin offering and the burnt offering and the peace offerings. And Moses and Aaron went into the tent of meeting and when they came out, they blessed the people and the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people. Blessing, pronouncing goodness, grace, mercy, wholeness, healing in the name of the Lord because sin has been atoned for and peace has been established. That's blessing. Of course, Aaron only entered into an earthly tabernacle, an earthly tent. The book of Hebrews tells us our high priest has entered a far better tent, not an earthly replica, but the original, the real thing. Before the Father, Hebrews 9, Christ has entered not into holy places made with hands, the copies of the true things, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God in our behalf. Jesus blesses us. He prays to the Father for us. He presents his blood as the ground and the basis of our forgiveness and cleansing of conscience. And he blesses us continually from his throne at the Father's right hand. Incidental features? A cloud? Lifted hands? Oh no. No, momentously meaningful. The event of the ascension tells you that today, God the eternal Son, the radiance of the Father's glory, who became your human brother, who obeyed God's law start to finish, inside and out, who endured God's wrath, which you and I deserve, who was raised from the dead. This God-man is your merciful and faithful high priest ever praying for you and is your mighty king, ruling, subduing the nations by this invincible, apparently weak, I know, the apparently weak message of the cross, but it's invincible in the hands of the Spirit of God. It draws people to faith in Christ and nourishes us. Don't you dare wallow in guilt. Go to your high priest for forgiveness. Don't you dare wallow in discouragement, feeling that the threats and the challenges of this semester or whatever you're facing outside of the curriculum and off campus are overwhelming. Don't you dare think that they're beyond the strength of your king. Your almighty king is your compassionate priest at your your father's right hand ruling, praying, and blessing you. Lift up your heads. Lift up your hearts. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for helping us to see through the eyes of your apostles the good gifts that show us, that give us a glimpse of the
the greatness of our Savior as he now is hidden from our physical eyes, is present in your court of resplendent glory and is active on this earth, exerting his royal power by the strength of his spirit and the truth of his word, interceding for us as priest and blessing us as our great high priest, again, by his word and spirit. Encourage our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Copyright 2012, Westminster Seminary, California. All rights reserved. You are permitted to reproduce and distribute this material in any format, provided that you do not alter the wording in any way and that you do not charge a fee beyond the cost of reproduction. For web posting, a link to this document on our website is preferred.